You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Say hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? another edition of the Mopcast Raw. I'm your host, Scotty White, and I have an interesting topic for today's Mopcast. Um, as many of my listeners know that you know, I currently live in West Virginia, and I'm originally from Alabama, and I get the honor and just joy to talk about uh, one of country music's greatest artists. And, you know, when I think country music, and especially when I think about classic country music and the, the beginnings of just what we know as country music and, and the, the 20th century, one name comes to mind, and that's Hank Williams. You know, we were, I was talking to my guests who I'm about to introduce in a second, or have them introduce in a second. I was talking about if there was a, a country music Mount Rushmore, Hank Williams would be the first on there. I think Patsy would be would be second, but Hank Williams would be first to be on. Patsy would definitely be in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I want to let my, my guest uh, from the Hank Williams International Fan Club are or with me. Let them introduce themselves. I'm Ed Kirby. I am the current president 
of the Hank Williams International Fan Club. Uh, been president now. This is my fifth year. I've been a member of the fan club for about 12 or 13 years. So we uh, finally decided to stop at the festival to see what it was all about uh -huh. and wound up having as much fun a hundred miles from my home as we had traveling all over the United States looking for entertainment. <laughs> I've, not, I've only missed one year. Oh, wow. In the last 12 or 13, and that was due to the death of a very, very dear friend. Well, sorry but, to hear that. But um, <laughs> we're, we uh, are trying to keep up the legend of Hank Williams Sr. and keep his music to the forefront. I have, we have our vice president with us, Sherry. Well, Sherry, let's, let's, let's you, let you talk a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is Sherry Bracken. Uh, my roots are sort of in Georgiana, Alabama. Didn't know that until recently, but uh, that's sort of what, what kind of had the draw to go there. Um, I became very good friends with a lady who was the co-founder of the fan club, and we started working together, which got me more and more and more involved. Um, I was the vice president for a while. I don't even remember how many years. They had two, maybe <laughs> two, two or three. And then I took a two-year hiatus and went to Hawaii. But now I'm back, and I'm back involved, and I'm vice president again. So I'm very happy about that. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Hank has such an, an incredible legacy. You know, you know, he has engraved himself in, and, and his short life has engraved himself in such uh, the pop culture of today. In fact, uh, Tom Hiddleston, who was um, uh, my fans will know as uh, Loki from the Avengers movies, actually fixing star as Hank in, in a new Hank biography uh, film. Uh, film was announced at uh, San Diego Comic Con, and was doing doing his Hank accent, which sounded wonderful. He's been working on it, <laughs> so you know we're excited. That. So, what drew you to Hank? What is what is your connection? Well, like I said, my connection was um, actually I was, <laughs> believe it or not, managing a, a girl who was in country western, um, the songs and songwriting, and uh, I was trying to take her around to as many festivals and places as I could to get her introduced. I knew about the Hank Williams Festival, so I took her there, and that's sort of how I got involved to begin with. Um, that has since resolved, but that's beside the point. <laughs> the better thing is that I am involved with Hank Williams and the fan club and the festival. But I think specifically what I'm looking for is, you know, what about Hank that draws you to Hank? I mean, what, what makes Hank you? Oh, goodness. What makes Hank me is growing up listening to him on the radio and my mama singing right along with him, hey, hey, good looking, and uh, uh, tearing my beer and the whole nine yards. I mean, she sang all those songs, and I heard it from the time I knew what a radio was right on up. Yeah, for, for me, some of my youngest memories, I, I can remember my earliest memories is my grandmother uh, and singing Jambalaya to me. So, oh yeah. You know, so I, I know that one by heart just because of her. That was, you know, that's my introduction, my, my introduction, my my connection. Well, Ed, how about you? Well, I uh, I was one of the of the children supposed to have been in the rock and roll age, and I graduated high school in 1960. Mm -hmm. uh, I always loved classic country. I never did go for the for the doo-wops and the bebops. And right. I, I, I was listening. What is that saying? I listened to country when country wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I was just an old country boy always and always loved. I always loved Hank songs. I did. Mm -hmm. But there were some other great artists of the time that, that 
course, I look at Country's Family Reunion every now and then on television and realize that some of the greats in country music are long gone. Right. But I I came along listening to all kind of country. And now it's known as classic country, and now we can't find a radio station that'll play it. Well, that's true. And, <laughs> and I, I find that a shame. I mean, you know, visiting here, you know, coming home from, from school, live, you know, spending the summer here, the, the radio stations are not... They're, they're, they're all corporate minus one or two, and the one or two... I mean, they, but there's no... There is no classic country station. No. Um, I, I yeah, there and West Virginia the same way that we don't have a classic country station. We have some we have some country music stations that play some older country, but nothing plays the, the classic or no classic or, no, or bluegrass, which amazes me because of West Virginia's connection to you know we're right by Kentucky and you know South Ohio mm-hmm. and t- Tennessee, and so that that kind of music's all there, <laughs> and we don't get to celebrate it as much on the radio. But luckily, we, you know we do have the internet and we have podcasts and things. <laughs> like that that helps us get by a little bit i suppose you know you you mentioned bluegrass i've started going to quite a few bluegrass festivals and everybody laughs at me and said you're president of the hank williams fan club and you're going to a bluegrass festival really and and really what's what's wrong with you and i'll i'll lay money on the table and tell them i will bet you somebody will sing a hank williams song i bet you at that festival even though it's bluegrass uh, somebody would would do a Hank Williams song. But well, one one festival I went to, I counted five in the parts that I listened to. <laughs> well, so. especially in the era that you know you grew up, you grew up in. I mean, you know, your classic country and your bluegrass were kind of intertwined. You had mm-hmm. Hank going on, you had Earl Scruggs, and you've got. I mean, you have a lot of a lot of going on there, and so yeah. it, it's only natural that you have a connection to bluegrass as well. And so I'm a huge bluegrass fan. <laughs> I, there's a movie came out. Uh, Probably about 15 years ago, Old Brother Were Out Thou. Yeah. Uh, the Coen Brothers. And that was kind of my reintroduction to bluegrass. And mm. so I became a diehard bluegrass fan because because of that. It's great music. I love, I mean, great beats and harmony. And that's great about country music. Country, you know, you talk about doo wops and stuff, nothing beats a good country harmony. Nothing. Uh, no, no, they don't. And uh, you take a good bluegrass band, uh, you take a good country band. But right now, we don't have. Very many classic country festivals. Matter of fact, I don't know of another one. Do you, Sherry? I mean, I don't know of another. I know that we got bluegrass, but not country. I guess the Hank Williams Festival in Georgiana right now is the only one I can. Well, they may have some around, but I wouldn't. I don't. Right. I mean, obviously, they don't advertise as well. No, I mean, they're not as well known. So, I. I, I, I seek out that type of music, and since I can't find country music festivals, me and my wife travel. We mm-hmm. do have a motorhome. We can pull up and park. <laughs> and, you know, we seek out other festivals. Bluegrass, namely. I, that's about all I go to. Matter of fact, I'm headed to uh, Kentucky in September. <laughs> well, right to now. Middle of September. Right next, to, next door to us. <laughs> Whitley, Whitley City, Kentucky. I know exactly where that at. Big little. I, I've never been there. You'll enjoy it. It's very nice. And this is Especially one of those. September, not this is one of those deals. Like I said earlier, my children live in Montgomery. I lived here, and for thirty years, I ran up and down Interstate sixty five. Mm-hmm. Sign up there, Hank Williams Museum. Then it was the Hank Williams Festival up and down the highway, and one day 
we decided we need to stop. Somebody had told us, you need to come up there to that festival. <laughs> and we did, and we've been back ever since. So there's something about it. That's something about it. All you need is that one time. That just, you just make that like I said, Like I said earlier, I traveled all over the United States looking for entertainment, and here it was 100 miles from my house. You never know what's ever close to home. That's a that's a testament to everybody out there. You never know what's really in your backyard. I mean, people we, we, today in today's day and age, we're we're either too we're too enclosed. The great thing about the internet is that that, that it's made the world smaller. And that's a great thing that we're all kind of connected now. And you know, I you know, even our listeners. I have listeners for this show. I have listeners in South America. and I've got listeners in Europe and some of the Middle East and and whatnot. And so because of the internet, and while it makes our world smaller, it kind of makes our no kind of our local neighborhoods kind of larger we we kind of tend to forget what really is in our backyard and so it's great that you you, you found that and it's great that you know we're here experiencing that with you so <laughs> well we uh like i said we've been there for a number of years and we've enjoyed it and uh i've enjoyed working with the board and we've had good we've had a good board we've we've had some we try to do some fundraisers for the fan club, and uh, you know it's a, it's a a labor of love when you do this. Oh, of course. Hey, my pay is not very high. <laughs> there is no pay. <laughs> you know, at festival time, we all work. We all work very hard. Uh, we don't make a dime except try to make some money for the fan club to keep this thing going. Right. Right. Well, that's one from Glad you're So, uh, some information. So, the, uh, so what was first? Was it the fan club first or the festival? Festival was first. It festival's been what'd you say? Thirty six years. Yeah, at, for the Hank the Man or the uh, uh, the Legend so yeah. celebration of the Legend of Hank Williams, they did have it down in the woods. Um, Flatbed trailer type. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit further out where. Many hundreds of people came many, many years ago, but then they moved it to the city of Georgiana uh, when they didn't have the access to the property down there anymore where they did have it. So they built the pavilion. It's located right behind the uh, Boyhood Home and Museum right there in Georgiana. Of course, fan club's right across the street from that. So everything's just sort of conglomerated and makes it much easier. It makes sense because it is the, the Boyhood Home. Uh, mm-hmm. Georgiana is the Boyhood Home for Hank Williams. So. You know, the tale is, so you ask about a... a the tale is that Hank learned to play guitar underneath the porch of that house, sitting on an old car seat, a black guy, T-tot. a street singer, T-Tot, T-tot. taught him four chords or three. <laughs> he taught him a lot about the blues way of playing. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. He taught, right. Him, he taught him the blues way. And, uh, you know, there's... Uh, now we mentioned T-Tot. He's buried right there on Harrison Road in Montgomery, and they finally erected a, a pretty good memorial to T-Tot. Oh, that's I mean, wonderful. Hank's Hank's grave is there in Montgomery, and it's a big thing. And mm. oh, wow, that's, that's actually wonderful. <laughs> uh, how how old was Hank when when he started learning to play? Twenty nine. No, no, when he started learning how no. to play. Oh. Yeah, he he passed when he was twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, passed when he was twenty nine. I think he was probably a. Uh, a young teenager when he started trying to learn music? I know when he started singing, he started out by standing on the piano stool with his mother yeah. when she played for uh, the church down there where he was raised up and actually born. So 
um, he would scream. He would just scream, and, <laughs> you know, not not make a tune or a sound or anything. Just scream yeah. out the words to whatever song. And, <laughs> or this is the story I've heard. And um, somebody commented and said that boy's going to be a singer one day. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what he did. Uh, and so he, he, you know, he learned to play guitar, obviously from T. Dot. That's interesting, and I didn't know that. He sang in church with his mom. Mm-hmm. And so when was the transition for him to? What would be to start him? What was the uh, transition to to country music? Probably as a teenager, he started going around and playing. Uh, I don't know an exact year. I can't think of when, but I know as a teenager he was going to to different places and performing. So his his actual professional start in music, I would say, would probably in his was his teenage years. Wonderful. They were playing school auditoriums, and I don't remember when he put the first band together, but it had to have been most of his band members were older than he was. <laughs> uh, and they, like I said, they were playing, you know, they were paying honky tonks and dives and school auditoriums and whatever. Well, he played right there in Georgiana, uh, you know, at Dick Penn's Log Cabin, which is the front part of the pavilion there for the festival that we have every year when they were going to tear all that down. You know, the city got it and brought it up, and, and that's what they call the green room, where the musicians come in, and that is Thick Pen's Log Cabin, the wow. part of it, which he played there a lot, you know, when he was younger. So, of course, he was young when he died, so he's always younger. <laughs> yeah, he's always young. <laughs> I mean, you know, he did, he did live a, a short, tragic life. I think he's the first of the catalysts. There's, there's, there's a legend um, of, uh, there's a list of young musicians who died at 29 right it's a whole it's all it's a amazing it's a it really is it's, it's incredibly tragic but you have janice joplin kurt cobain and and uh most recently um uh, my brain goes away sometimes but <laughs> it will come to me eventually <laughs> but um so um uh, Let's talk a little bit more about the, fe- the festival itself. So you said it starts in June. It's the uh, first weekend of June, right? It's always the first weekend in June. And just to give you a little rundown, sure. uh, the fan club sort of kicks us off, kicks the festivity off, festivities off in um, the, fir- the first Thursday prior to that Friday and Saturday that we have festival. And we usually have a picnic there right on the fan club grounds. You know, if you have an RV or a camper, we have setups for that, so you can just come and set up for the whole weekend. It's good for Ed. <laughs> right. And, oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, he loves uh, parking There's about 25 like me. That we have a fan club has about 25 spots. Yes. So. And so, you know, it, it makes it more family-oriented and fun because we're all right there together. Uh, we have the picnic, like I said. Um, I think they also have karaoke across the street there at the Pavilion, which the city does. And that's pretty pretty big. You know, a lot of people like to go and enjoy that. I'm a big fan of the karaoke myself. <laughs> uh, we also um, start out, now the fan club itself, we have our part of the festival that we call Hank the Man. So uh, we kick off the first two hours starting at 3 o'clock on Friday. Uh, and local talent and talent from across the United States may come and be there to sing with us uh, and, and start off the festival. Then we start again on Saturday morning for three hours and do it again. So we're, we're that part of the festival. Um, we don't have anything else to do with it. That's the city's, the city's job. You know, we just, that's our part as right. the fan club. Well, so. And, so, and so Hank the Man is, is your concert for 
your 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 opening concert for the the festival. Yes, uh, yes, mm-hmm. we're the ones who kind of kick it out so, for the city. We'll make sure listeners understand that because right. Hank the Man is, is the, the concert. That's very interesting. You said you have artists from all over come coming. We do. We have locals. We have people from Mobile, Bay Minette, you know, just all over. We have people that have driven down from Kentucky, Iowa, you know, you name it. They come down. Several Terry years Smith we is had a big a, one that comes from Tennessee. Several years we had a gentleman from England. Well, you are the international. Yeah. Right. Oh, we have we have members in England and Germany and France and Canada. And I don't know where all. We, they, <laughs> we are international. And see, that's, that, that's a testament to Hank's place in pop culture you know he's just not for us he's for everyone and he is just amazing music i mean like i said we talked about jambalaya and so the other other songs that, that touch me uh hey good looking is i think everyone knows that now you said something earlier about my favorite hank story right and it's a short and sweet one but i i just picture this every time i hear the song um the co-founder mary wallace of the hank williams fan club you know that i mentioned earlier uh, she used to tell me how when she was a little girl and she would hear, hey, hey, good looking, come on the radio, she would pull the radio up close to her and just hold on to it because she always thought Hank was singing to her. Oh, <laughs> that is adorable. And I could just picture this little girl just holding on to the radio, you know, thinking Hank was singing to her. And I, I think of that every time I hear that song, and it makes me smile. <laughs> and I know it's going to make everyone else smile, too, because I can see that. And we'll get to get one of our artists out there who's listening can draw us up a little girl with holding that. That would be wonderful, <laughs> it would be wonderful I think. Um and like I said, it's, I like that we're talking about the, the international listeners, which I think is international members of the fan club, which I think is just another just uh, interesting testament to, to to Hank's legacy. And uh, so you said you said England and Germany, and yeah, so all in Europe. That's just oh, yeah. fascinating. So, do you know, guys know who the farthest person to come to the festival has been? Probably Australia, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think we we, we had a, a fellow from Australia. We had one from Germany. Every year, till he just got so old, he just couldn't make the trip. Yeah, well. The last time he made the trip, he wasn't able to be there. Right. But uh, he came every year from Germany. Well, that's so. just wonderful. <laughs> and you were also talking about how uh, how your event's such a family affair. What's what's great is that you're introducing a whole different a younger generation to Hank's music, which is. Uh, ensuring the long-lasting uh, of the the fan club itself, so that's just I think that's just wonderful. <laughs> and you know, Scotty, uh, to iterate something here, some people say, well, the Hank fans are dying off; they're getting old; they're not around anymore. That's not true, because when I'm there at the fan club, say like on Sunday, we're not open through the week; we're only there mainly when there's something special going on, like the festival <laughs> or, or our fall and uh, spring thing that we do. Uh, but when I'm there on Sundays doing whatever, cleaning up, getting ready for whatever else we're getting ready to do, people will come in because the museum's closed on Sunday. So they'll automatically come over if they see the door open or a car in the, in the uh, front there, they'll come over to the fan club. And there's always young people. And they always, now ask them, what is your favorite Hank song? And they'll pop one out every time. So there are young people oh, who yeah. still love Hank I, Williams. Oh, exactly. And I think, I think, like I said, he's so ingrained in pop culture is that, I mean, he's, the, the, his legacy is not going away. So we have a new film that's coming out by the end of the year for him, and that's just going to introduce a whole new section of fans to, to Hank, and hopefully, you know, we'll help usher him to you guys so yeah. you can get more, right. more, more members of the fan club. <laughs> well, we, we can always use some more. <laughs> hey, uh, we, we, we always need to bolster our ranks, that's for certain. 
Um, we, were, we were talking about um, Hank's legacy and uh, you know his, his, tragedy the fact that he died at 29. Um, uh, and, and and you know and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know 29. He did a lot of hard living to do that. I mean, and and I've always said about about Hank's hard living was that the the, the music that he wrote. You know, he was burning the candle on both ends. Just to, you know, you ha- music comes from experiences, and to have those experiences, he had to, to, to continue writing in what he wrote. Is is having to live that life. Unfortunately, it was cut you know uh, short. Um, and you know, our, talking about our you know, my back homelessers in West Virginia. Uh, you know, that's where Hank passed. So he, he took this this trip from from uh, Montgomery, I believe. Started the the journey from my. So if you guys know more about that, please please help me out on it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the experts. <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm not sure my memory serves me great, but he started out from Montgomery to go to Charleston, West Virginia, mm-hmm. and and he was not feeling well. And they hired a young 17 year old boy whose father owned a, a taxi company and to drive Hank to West Virginia. Right. And of course, uh, the, 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 the story is uh, they ran into a snow, well, they tried to, saw they were gonna be late. They chartered an airplane and tried to fly and that didn't work. So they came back and got the car and they were driving through a blinding snowstorm to try to get there. Of course, and Hank was ill uh, they had stopped for him to see a doctor, I think, in Knoxville, uh, trying to get some kind of relief for the pain he was in. He had a, a bad back. Right. And he then it was yeah, spina bifida. He, yeah. he, he had spina bifida. And then it was further injured in a in a horseback riding accident. So he was in severe pain all the time. Right. So, but anyway, uh, we know that he started out headed that way for a concert with a couple of days to get there and it just and he never made it right needless to say yeah. but uh, but the young man that was driving him to my knowledge never spoke of what happened on that trip he's passed away now Charles Carr yeah Charles Carr uh, something between, I guess him and, and somebody and somebody has said that he's never talked about what all went on on that trip so it's a lot of it is a mystery it is. It is a. It is a big mystery. I mean, you know, he was sick in one place, and they told him to drive on. And when he got to the next place, I think they told him to go to a hospital somewhere else. And when they got there, of course, he was had passed away right, yeah, in the back seat of the car. car. Yeah. So yeah, it was like I said, it's a different time. I mean, you know, those artists, all those artists, were, were pretty much driven hard. I mean, you know. well, yeah. Well, they didn't. They couldn't fly from venue to venue. Like they do today, you know, the, the big artists will fly from a venue in Atlanta to California for tomorrow, and they crammed in some kind of an old car, or, and even whole bands wound up in a car, right? Trying to make a trip with instruments tied to the roof, so it was a hard way to go. I can I I can just imagine oh. watching them stop at a store and getting. I mean, they ate bologna and cheese. Right. <laughs> I can just imagine being in that kind of pain oh. and still wanting to perform and oh. make people happy and sing his songs. Yeah, that, you know, I mean, I know how I feel if I wake up in the mornings and I don't feel good and don't want to go to work. Oh, right. oh yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's something about artistry that does that. I mean, and, and clearly this is what was driving Hank 
you know the the need to to, to perform. I and mean, that's that was that you know it was his whole bread and butter. And yeah, you know and um and there's a bit to to the to the fame part. But I think for him, I mean, as a classic storyteller, he was, and that's what he is. He's a classic. You know, he is a troubadour, and a good Southern troubadour at that. And so you know. To, that drive to continue telling this his story to as many people who will listen. I mean, I can understand, you know, having to, I mean, being in all that pain and, and traveling. I don't know if I'd have the strength to do it. Campsites that we rent to help pay the bills for some of the property that we've got. Almost got it paid for. All right. Almost. Finally, after a number of years, have got the fan club property just about paid for. But, uh, but you know, that's just part of our fundraising efforts and and our newsletter that we put out three times a year. Our memberships is a major part of our fundraising. So we need. We, of course, we always need members. We encourage everybody, we invite everybody to mm-hmm. become a member of the Hank Williams International Fan Club. And you know, if you become a member, Scotty, you it's like $20 a year for the continental United States. And Anything outside 
the United States is 35, which is still very reasonable right. considering that, you know, what we do is uh, John Wise is our membership coordinator, and he will send a picture suitable for framing of Hank that they can keep. Uh, they get a membership card, and they get a newsletter three times a year that not only keeps you updated as to what's going on with festival, with fan club, but also packed with stories of Hank. So anybody that's a Hank fan loves to read those stories. That's how we learn and know. Um, so we, we enjoy doing it. It's, it's, it's a good thing. And like he said, that's one of the things that we do to help raise our money. Um, and we always tell everybody, if you're a Hank fan, you love his music, you should be a Hank Williams fan club member. <laughs> and at the, at the bottom of this, uh, bottom of the, of the podcast, you'll be able to actually click the link to the, the website so you can sign up. So everyone, after you listen to this or while you're listening, you can go ahead and click that now and get right over yep. to the website and, and so and get to a, a little listen there. Very good. <laughs> the website itself is wonderful. I was actually on it uh, earlier today looking at it. It's, it is chock full of information. Uh, you know, the, it's got his uh, his career, a lot of photos. Just I was really surprised how many photos that were were, were there on, on the website. So it's really really neat website. Well, let me say the website just got updated this morning, or it's 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 being. Um, <laughs> I, I showed up just in the, time <laughs> to the webmaster. I sent all the information because it's really kind of kind of behind right now. So um, we'll be putting up a few new. Uh, current pictures from festival this year a little later but i got everything kind of caught up so far as who's who and who does what well, and, and that's at the common festival. that's common with fan clubs because i mean you guys are volunteers and these are it's very grassroots and so i, I think fans understand maybe the website doesn't get up updated you know every day or every week but it, exactly. it will it, but it will get updated because you know, it's it's all you're giving up your your valuable time for it so well we don't have any full-time employee with the fan club. Uh, you know, we maintain our post office box in Georgiana, which means sometimes we may be four or five days emptying it out. So we may get information and stuff crosses in the mail, but eventually we managed to get it done. Uh, we, we uh, Edna Thomas is our, our secretary treasurer and she lives in Greenville. Mm-hmm. And of course she goes down and, and robs the mailbox when Sherry's not around, and I'm not there, so uh, we eventually get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We there's a lot of work. People don't realize how much work there is involved in in trying to keep something like this going. And like he said, it's all volunteer, but it's like I said, he said again, it's a labor of love because we love Hank and we love the fan club, we love festival, we love Georgiana, we love the Boyhood Home and Museum. We love the museum in Montgomery. I mean, you know, again, I wanted to say that we do other things. We, we try to keep involved with other festivals mm-hmm. and things that are going on. Um, for example, September the 19th is going to be the celebration of Hank's birthday. He right. was born September 17th, but September 19th in Montgomery, Alabama at the museum there, every year they have a celebration uh, for his birthday. And they have musicians and uh, singers from all around, too, that come in and entertain the folks who want to come and join in on those festivities. Um, the museum is a great place to go and visit. If anybody hasn't been there, that's a grand opportunity to go through and see what's going on there. Um, they have a birthday cake for Hank. <laughs> and I think early that morning, they have a memorial right at his graveside. And they place a wreath on, and I think they might sing a few songs. So... I would imagine they would sing a few songs. It's an all-day thing. It's it's a fun time for everybody, and we always do something for the birth, the death, 
you know, the festival, which we have in June. So it's always something. Well, see, that's good. It's good to see that, you, you know, the organization is active and the oh, fan yeah. base is active. And, and I think that's one of the things as fans, that's what we like to see. We like to meet other fans. And like I said, when you've got international fans, you've got younger fans coming in. And so the, you know, look sounds to me that the organization is doing quite well and it's going to continue doing quite well. And hopefully we here at the Mopcast Network can kind of help you grow. That's and uh, let me say this too. Speaking of museums, I mentioned the one in Montgomery. We had the Boyhood Home and Museum. I was going to ask about that. So. You know, I had mentioned earlier that, you know, we're right across the street from that, but um, that is a house, just a house that was turned into a museum that Hank lived in when he was younger. Um, it's it's packed with stuff too, not as much as the big one in Montgomery, but it's got a lot of stuff in there that belonged to Hank and Audrey when they were married. You know, all kinds of pictures and different artifacts, a suit, a guitar, hat that belonged to Hank. And the lady who pretty much runs that thing, there's two ladies that run it and they're, they're both very, very good, but Margaret Jane Gadsden is just a walking encyclopedia of Hank. So if you've never been to the Boyhood Home Museum, that is something, too, that's worth your while to stop in, like he did when he went through the first time and saw the signs. Uh, Because you go in and Margaret Jane will answer any question you have. It will tell you anything you ever wanted to know about Hank and his family. That sounds like a future podcast I need to have. (laughs) There you go. There you go. go. She would love to do that. Could well be. We have a great band that uh, is the backup band, the, what we call our house band, mm-hmm. that um, plays for the folks on our part of the festival that I was telling you about earlier. It's uh, the Southern Legends Band. So just about anything you can think of, they know it. They know it. They can just back everybody up, and we're just so thankful to have them, you know. It's, it's a job trying to put things together and get someone to play and get someone to sing. So. It all has to come together with everybody. It's amazing that someone who lives such a short life can has has legacies. Law, you know, it's you know, let's see, now twice, at least twice, maybe three times his life, his legacy has has, has lasted, and has brought so many people together. And people like you know, like you said, this your, the local the backup band comes together, who comes out of the love of their heart and love of music. And that's the things that, that that I find that the festival and the fan club both are just wonderful things to have. Uh, just it, it's amazing that someone touched somebody's life, and they never met him. I mean, I, you know, he was boy, he died before I was here, sure. and so, and uh, I mean, he, everyone in this room, he's, he's touched in one way or another. Right, mm-hmm. right. We just, you know, we just, of course, I've just always loved the music, so I I continue to listen to it. If you go out there in my truck right now, you won't find anything but classic country <laughs> and bluegrass. Hey. <laughs> classic country and bluegrass. Well, I love country, but there's other genres of music that I like, too. You know, but if you stop and think about it, what did Hank do? Did he do just country? Of course not. No. no. <laughs> no. He did gospel. He did rockabilly. He did you know? a lot he, of rockabilly. He did a lot of things. So the, um, There's a local artist around here, um, uh, uh, the, the band The Modern Algerados. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, big fan of them. I'm hoping to have Gretch on the podcast soon. But uh, he does a great... He, did, he does a, a few numbers in their show. And, it's, and that's another person introducing... You know, Hank's music to a younger audience. I mean, he plays around here, and he's phenomenal. And so, big, big fan of him. So, a good shout out to if you. I'll put a link to that site. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, you know, anyone to, to to share the legacy, I suppose. Well, that's kind of like uh, David Church is traveling the country today, mm-hmm. and he's a Hank Williams uh, promoter. He does a, a great Hank Williams show. 
he also does some other stuff in his show, but he's uh, he's uh, doing pretty good, I think, with, with some of his stuff. So, but he's he's out there keeping the memory of Hank Williams alive, also, and he's traveling. He's traveling the country. He's out of Ohio uh, or Indiana, one of them. He's well, he's from up that way, but. Right now, they're in uh, South Texas at those large RV resorts entertaining That's how RVers. You <laughs> That's how you do it. David and Terry are both very fine people, and he does do an excellent job of Hank. He, he does. Really does. We love him. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, is there anything else you want to cover before we, we, we start wrapping this up? Because uh, I know we got some Hank Williams we're going we're gonna to play at the end of the podcast, so so people can get, get at least a good sample. Yeah, we need to get them a sample of what what we're talking about here, right. you know? Yeah. Well, the biggest thing, uh, Scotty, is the fact that we are the fan club. Mm -hmm. The fan club is um, an organization that is trying to keep the memory of Hank's music alive and well. Um, and that we've covered a lot of things that we do uh, to do that. But the biggest thing is um, it, you're going to put a link to the website. And when you get there, you'll see a, a, a section on the very front uh, homepage that says Join Now. If you click on that, it'll give you the information there where you can just fill it out, send it in, send it in to John Wise, and he'll get you signed right up and become a member. And uh, you can then say that you're a member of the Hank Williams Fan Club and enjoy all the festivities and things. You can do that anyway. I'm not saying you have to be a member, but uh, it's just a fun thing. Right. We love it. And we, we just need, we need to, we're, John told me this morning, I spoke with him, and he started another little Hank website on, uh, off of his and he's got it up to something like 1,600 members now. Oh, and I okay. said, how wonderful it would be if every one of those members on that website who joined that group would become members of Van Club. You know, and, and he has gained some membership off of it. So that's one of the biggest things we want to do is try to boost our membership and get it back up and... Um, you know, just just spread the music, spread oh, the love, we'll, we'll and spread the fun. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to do that. Oh, well, thank you for, for sitting down with me and, and chatting with me. It was wonderful. It's been our pleasure. We had a great time. I mean, I had a blast, and I know my listeners got a, got a, a nice little Hank sample and some some uh, some little history of Hank and, of course, the organization itself. So hopefully we can get you some more members. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Um, we're going to leave you now with a little Hank Williams and then uh, – just be sure to click the link at the bottom so you can go ahead and sign up for that fan club. And keep hanking. Keep hanking. <laughs> <laughs> My Yvonne, the sweetest one, me oh my oh Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio Jumbo line, a crawfish pie, a feely gumbo Cause tonight I'm gonna see Mama Shazamio Pick it tough, fill fruit jar and be gay -o. Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio.
Martin knows the place is buzzing. Kinfolk come to see Yvonne by the dozen. Dress in style and go hog wild, me oh my oh. Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio. Jumbo line, a crawfish pie, a feely gumbo. Cause tonight I'm gonna see Mama Shazamio. Pick guitar, fill fruit jar, and be gay. Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio. Shares a meal, pick guitar, fill fruit jar, and be gay. Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio. Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.